When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. I am Jay Kokorowski, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com, part of the Rivals Network, and another edition of this podcast. Having a lot of fun. We've talked so much football on our YouTube channel. Go check out, go to YouTube, ch- uh, type in BadgerBlitz, and you'll see a bunch of fun Q&As, talking Wisconsin-Iowa, transfer news, you name it there. But you know, for this podcast, we haven't really gotten into the men's basketball season yet. Greg Gard and his program, you know, they have an exhibition game. They had a, one of those silent or secret scrimmages uh, earlier, was it this week or last week? Uh, but, you know, t- tonight, 6 p.m., Wisconsin welcomes Whitewater to the Kohl Center. For those that have BTN Plus, you can watch it there. But otherwise, I'm sure there are tickets available. Uh, joining us to talk about the basketball season, we'll have Ben Wargle, uh, our beat writer, talking about basketball too coming up. But uh, you want to talk, you know, bring on one of the newest members of the Wisconsin, not just beat, you know, basketball beat, but football. You see her at football games. It's Abby Schnabel from the Wisconsin State Journal. Abby, thanks for joining us today. And, you know, uh, Greg Gard, his you know program, you're looking at a, a program that's a lot of, turnover, a lot of change and a lot of potential, I think, at least in a few players. It's uh, been the perfect time to start covering a team because <laughs> everything is like a clean slate. We talk a lot about how um, Jim Polzine, the the last beat writer, he's just like, I don't know this team because everyone's so young. And so it's the perfect time to come in, get my feet wet, learn the team while the team is learning itself. And yeah, like you said, lots of Lots of new faces, lots of um, <clears throat> talent, not a lot of experience yet, but uh, it should be an interesting season. Right. I know, and I know uh, you take a look, I know the preseason poll or whatnot does not have Wisconsin ranked that high uh, or placing or projecting them to, I should say, uh, you know, high within the Big Ten Conference. That being said, what are just some of the observations? You've had a chance to kind of watch some open practices that they've had over the past couple of weeks. What are just some general observations you've seen from guard and Jonathan Davis? And we'll talk more about Jonathan Davis in a little bit in more detail, but Jonathan Davis, Brad Davis, and others on that team, what are some observations or takeaways you've seen so far? Yeah, I've had the the opportunity to go to all three open practices, the red-white scrimmage, and I did get a box score for the the secret scrimmage that they played on the 23rd, so I have a little bit of insights for that as well. Um, I think the thing that I've noticed the most is that there's a lot of pieces, and there are a lot of talented pieces. It's just finding how they come together, who works best with who. I think something I've noticed week to week is that there's almost a new player kind of stepping out and shining each time. Obviously, you have the consistency of Brad Davison, Tyler Wall, and Jonathan Davis have also or have been pretty consistent week to week. But then you got new guys like, um, well, new-ish guys, I should say. Like Ben Carlson's really impressed me in the, the offseason. He just seems so much more confident from what I was told from last year. Um, he was on the team last year, but didn't play that much. 
um, a slew of freshmen. Finally got to see Chucky Hepburn and Lauren Bowman. Um, we saw them in the very first practice, um, and then they were out for the next two um, due to various injuries. Um, but yesterday or Wednesday, I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> On Wednesday, both of them were both in practice and got good looks at them, too. And I think you, there's really starting to be um, a clear potential rotation heading into the season. And that's in the, I think, projected starting five right now is Stephen Crow, Ben Carlson, Tyler Wall, Jonathan Davis, and Brad Davison. And then two players who are often in that rotation, um, in the white rather than the scout jerseys, um, are Chris Vogt and Jacoby Neath, um, the transfers. And then we've also seen um, Chucky Hepburn, Lauren Bowman, and Carter Gilmore, which surprised me a little bit as in the rotation as well. I think Hepburn and Bowman had the opportunity to be more focal points, but their injuries might have set them back a little bit. I don't think that means we're not going to see them this year, um, but I definitely think at least at the beginning it's going to be maybe not starting, but eventually working their way in there. But, you know, it's a young team, so you're going to have mistakes, and they're working on fixing those mistakes. And it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to see them improve week to week. And um, there's definitely a focus on defense because I think defenses is the hardest thing to kind of come to after high school because – high school, and then in the NBA, too. They're very offensive-focused, where in college you have to be both. And I think they've been focusing on that a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, lots of things to um, take away from those. And, I mean, we'll keep seeing how it unfolds as the season goes on. Well, too, you know, looking in, we, were, we said, mentioned we were talking about Jonathan Davis just a little bit more. He had a great summer in terms of uh, what he did with, you know, the USA team. You've seen even you and I were sitting next to each other at the red white scrimmage and just his ability in that first 12 minute session going off and, you know, making steals dunks showing off the athleticism cooled off a little bit in that second 12 minute period. It did just have another steal that led to another uh, flush uh, for, you know, another jam there. But I, I guess in your eyes, you know, what, what are the next steps for him to take? What have you heard from, you know, from Greg guard who called them dynamic after the scrimmage, what are the, the next steps that he can take in his game to help Wisconsin? I think Davis needs to find some consistency. Um, I think he has been very, like, in the mix. And we've seen great things from him, but we've also seen some not-so-good things from him, at least in practice. There's been some, um, not to use a football term, but fumbles. There's been some missteps um, on the team. But he also has a beautiful three-point shot, a beautiful shot, and he just really needs to work on that consistency. Um, in the secret scrimmage against Loyola Chicago, he only shot four for 14, which I don't know how much that's a credit or that's bad for him, or is it more Loyola has one of the best defenses in the country? I don't know, but four for 14 isn't exactly the number you want to hear for um, the one of the hopeful top scorers. Um, so, yeah, I'm preaching consistency for Jonathan Davis. And then I also think um, he needs to kind of – right now they have him running the point, and I think that's fine, and he does a good job at it, but I think he thrives when he doesn't have the pressure of being the playmaker, at least from what I've seen. And I think we were supposed to see Hepburn in that point guard role to allow Johnny to play more of the two um, shooting guard role. And that when, when he doesn't have the pressure of doing both of those things, I think he's been really consistent and really good. 
Um, but it's, it's a mix of figuring out um, how to handle his pressure, being on top of his shooting. I think one great thing we've seen from him so far is um, his chemistry with Brad Davison. Um, they, I swear, they read each other's minds and they just know where each other are on the court at all times. And it, it, it flows very seamlessly, at least from what we've seen. I've only, you know, seen practices and a scrimmage. But from what we've seen, I think that's very good. And then I think with the consistency, he also needs to work on his level-headedness. I think he's still young. So he's going to have some of those moments where he's really high. He has his high highs and then he has his low lows. And I think what they need from him is to be um, very in the middle flat line because what they're hoping to get from him this year is, is him as a leader. And one of the best attributes of a leader in basketball is they're able to stay um, their their levels are able to stay right in the middle. They're able to keep calm when they're losing, keep calm when they're winning. And I think they need to see that from Johnny because I think you're going to see it from Davison and Wall because they have that maturity element. But a lot of people are going to be looking at Davis. A lot of the young guys are going to be looking at Davis. And so he needs to figure out that element as well. But like you said, um, his defense looks amazing. I've been really impressed with the amount of steals he's gotten I've seen um, and just his like pressure on the ball. I know that that's something um, he said he's been working on guard said he's been working on um, and he's just, he's fun to watch. Like, and that's what it comes down to is he's fun to watch. He just needs to figure out how to get into that pocket a little bit. You know, going to that, he had a couple of uh, teammates that came in with them at Wisconsin too. You mentioned Steven Crowell, you mentioned Ben Carlson. We got glimpses of Carlson before he got injured last season and he was putting up some big minutes, you know, in terms of just maybe not necessarily scoring a bunch. Uh, and I think there was one game where he had uh, double digits, but the other, you know, I would say yeah, those that trailed off a little bit, uh, you know, because of the injury in, in terms of playing time, but Steven Crowell, not a lot of playing time either. You mentioned just, uh, we saw them in the scrimmage in that second 12 minute period and they looked, they looked sharp in that second 12 minute period. They were getting points in the paint. They were making plays that way. What, what does this team, what should fans, I should say, expect from Crowell and uh, you're looking at uh, yeah Crowell and Carlson uh, this season. Yeah. So I love both of them together. That's what I've noticed is that they're so good together. They know how to read each other very, very well. Um, I've been really, really impressed with Carlson, and he's something, someone that Jim and I have been talking about a lot. He's very confident. He's able to control the ball. He's very, like we said with Davis, we really want to see that like level-headedness. Carlson has that. He also has the ability as a four, because he typically plays a four, sometimes dabbles in the five, um, he's really good at shooting threes, but also can get his way under um, the basket and score from the post too. And that's really impressive. And that's something you nowadays you don't really see from your big men. And so seeing his versatility has been really, um, I think that's going to benefit um, the Badgers a lot because they kind of need some of those guys that don't have just one thing like scoring was a trouble this year I foresee scoring being an issue at least at the beginning here and Carlson brings that um emphasis on being able to score at all areas of the court with Crowell I think he is I think I mean I said he was in the starting five in my mind and I think he is and I think he's definitely proved his ability to handle that role 
Um, I think a lot of people might might have thought that that would go to vote simply because um, it is his fifth year playing basketball and he does have that experience. But I think what Kral has that vote doesn't necessarily have yet, we'll get there, is the chemistry with the team. Like I said earlier, Carlson and Kral read each other so well. And so a good dynamic between your four and five is going to be really worthwhile, especially down low. Um, we saw in the scrimmage, um, Kral knows how to score as well. He knows how to get down um, and dirty and play really well. And I think that is um, a credit to how much he had to defend against Micah Potter and Nate Reavers last year because he was on the scout team week after week after week. And he was always up against those two. And those two are big guys and hard to defend guys as well. And so he's really worked on that to be ready to fill this starting um, center role. Uh, you, you talk about the starting center role and you mentioned Chris Vote, and, and of course there's, you know, as guard Jacoby Neath, I know Neath didn't necessarily have a, a good first 12 minutes uh, of that red, white square scrimmage and, and not hitting a bucket. But what do you think those two transfers to could, you know, what could they bring to this team? I think Vote could probably, from what it looked like a rebounding presence would be huge. Uh, it, we saw Crowell and, uh, yeah, Crowell battle both Vote and Chris Hodges, another you know a true freshman who I thought looks he, he looks like he has a Big Ten frame already uh, at six eight about two thirty five ish uh, on his end. But uh, you know what do you expect? You know what do you think Vote and then Neath and maybe even uh, you know UNLV transfer like Isaac Lindsay who's a home home state product. You know what could they bring to this team this year? Yeah, well, just a note on Chris Hodges real quick. Um, he didn't. Yeah. He hasn't played basketball since his junior year of high school because he took the, his whole senior year off. And I think that's the only reason you won't really see him in the rotation is because he de- he needs to work on that a little bit. But I thought he was really impressive this past week. Um, but going to your original question, um, vote Neath and Lindsay. Um, guard and um, anyone you talk to is going to say that vote and needs both bring that experience that this team lacks. Um, they're, they're, it's a very young team and vote brings in the fact that he's a fifth year senior right alongside Brad Davison and Neath has played on de- a decent team. Um, I think from Chris, like you said, rebounding, He's he's very, very good at it. I think the other thing he has really helped is he's helped Crowell. I think defending Vote, who I think they're the same height. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure they're both seven feet tall. Um, having to defend against Vote is difficult, and he has that experience going up against good bigs. And so for Crowell to go up against Vote day in and day out, almost, like they work together a lot to try and off of each other and to try and figure out how to be better and I think vote helps Crowell a lot I think we've seen that um something else that I've noticed is that Davison and vote have a little bit of chemistry which I think you wouldn't necessarily expect simply because votes brand new to the team but he um Davison has been really good at finding vote under the basket vote Vote brings that maturity that this team needs. He brings the the IQ, the presence on the court. He knows everything that's going on. He's learning Badger basketball, but he's a very talented basketball player, and that's what they need. Um, with Neath, I'm actually kind of surprised at how they've been utilizing him. I think I expected him to kind of come in and be that point guard because I think Davis, while he's good at it, um, I like I've said earlier, Davis is a better shooting guard, in my opinion. And so um, when you bring in three point guards, 
Bowman, Hepburn, and Neath, I think you expect the the older one to start in that point guard spot. And it's looking like they, they're probably leaning more towards Hepburn eventually, but Neath has really been playing the shooting guard role. And I asked him about that um, on in practice. I said, are you playing the role you expected? And he said something along the lines of um, he can play any kind of guard position. He said he could work all the way up to the four if he needed to. Um, he's got a pretty shot. I think he's uh, might be, at least right now, the most consistent shooter I've seen on the team. I don't think we saw that that much um, in the red-white scrimmage. But in practice, and then I don't know the stat off my head or at the top of my head, but in the secret scrimmage against Loyola, he did really well. And he played big minutes, too. Um, so I think, like Vote, he brings in that experience and, and level-headedness. Um, he's also very vocal on the court, and that's something we didn't see early in practice. But um, I noticed that on Wednesday that he is just – so vocal and you I'm used to just hearing Brad Davison's voice on the court and now it's like Brad and Jacoby are both very loud helping out their teammates and I think I think UW needs that too because the other two leaders on the team that they're they're branding at least is Tyler Wall and Jonathan Davis who are both very quiet guys and that's fine that's great they're still great leaders um, but having another vocal person on the court that often switches in and out with Davis is really good for the team. And then with Isaac Lindsay, I don't think we've seen a lot from him. Um, I don't think we will. He's been running. Um, he's been a very pivotal part on the scout team. We've seen a lot from him. The thing that keeps sticking out to me, though, is um, at practice, he was him and Hepburn were going up against each other. Hepburn was on defense and Lindsay was on offense. And Hepburn stole the ball from him three separate times. So I don't know what we're getting a lot with there. I definitely think. I don't think he's one of the bigger rotational players. I think he could get there. I know his family and guard have known each other for like ever. And so when he wanted to leave UNLV, it was kind of just like a good like switch. Um, I don't know how much we're going to get from them, from him, but I think vote and Neath will be huge off the bench players. Well, last thing for you, Abby, we're here with Abby uh, Schnabel from the Wisconsin state journal running the men's basketball beat for the Wisconsin state journal really quick with that what do you expect out of this exhibition game in your eyes i think you're gonna see a lot of different players on the court um i know brad said the biggest thing about this exhibition is getting um minutes for the younger guys because they're the entire sophomore and freshman class have never played a full game with fans in the Kohl Center. And, you know, we probably don't think of that as like a big um, adjustment, but it is a lot. It is, there's a lot of distractions going on. And I think, and, and Davidson said this, is that what wants to get out of the exhibition is um, how to, how, the guys to learn how to play with the, the noises, how to play with the fans. Um, so I think you'll see some adjustments there. I'm hoping we see some good shooting. Whitewater's a Division Three team, and um, they didn't do so hot last season, but they did return um, 13 players, including all five of their starters. So I don't think they're going to be um, the biggest opponent for UW, but I think there, there's going to be some good matchups. 
Um, I'm hoping we get to see Bowman and Hepburn run the point a little bit. I think the reason that we ha- they might not at the beginning of the season is just because they don't have the experience, and so this is a great time. But I also think Guard is gonna gonna stretch his bench farther than the the typical rotation just because he wants all those young guys to get on the on the court because that's the biggest thing that you can get from this experience is just minutes. Um, and I'm also excited to see how um, the the older guys uh, kind of guide them. I mean, even Tyler Wall and Brad Davison, and I guess Chris Vogt too, are the only people who have really played in front of fans. And so I want to see how their leadership kind of steps out in this game. Um, hopefully some good defensive moments, and I'm going to say it again, but hopefully the shooting is good because I think they have the opportunity to really work on their precision and it'll be contested how well it's contested I'm not sure yet um but that's still that's still some reps that they wouldn't necessarily get absolutely last thing for you uh, we saw for we're recording on Friday morning just saw the, your article up about Brad Davison being called grandpa uh and the and whatnot uh just what do you have coming up from the Wisconsin State Journal what's coming up for, for the publication as the basketball season kicks up next month yeah, so um, I had that article, like you said, um, about Brad Davison. He says he's he's um, they're keeping him young. They all the all the youthfulness on the team. Um, he's only twenty two, so it's not like he's old by any stretch of the imagination. But it's it's just funny to hear him call grandpa. Um, we have our preview um, days. We're not doing a true preview section, but we'll have our preview days coming out the 7th, 8th, and 9th. And I've got four different stories kind of coming out there. The biggest one is I have a really big Tyler Wall feature coming out. Um, I'm the most excited about that one just because features are my favorite thing to write. And it's also my first true feature on the team. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff, it'll be fun because there's a lot of new guys that I'm planning on writing about because I'm new to the team. They're new to the team. I should have about two to three articles a week, if not more. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm working out. And we're starting our basketball centric podcast next week. I think, I hope, um, so we'll have that in the works as well. Awesome. Abby, we appreciate you coming on the show on such short notice. I appreciate you. Uh, Hopefully I'll be able to get down there. I know uh, Ben Wargle will be covering most of the games for Badger Blitz, but I'm sure I'll see you around the football beat and a couple of basketball games as well. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Folks, that's Abby Schnabel from the Wisconsin State Journal. Follow her on Twitter at Abby, A-B-B-Y, Schnabel, S-C-H-N-A-B-L-E. We're going to take a quick break, pay some bills because I need to get paid uh, here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. We'll come back. I'll have my quick keys to the game for Wisconsin versus number nine, Iowa, and take it home from there. Stay tuned. We'll be back on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, brought to you by... 
Overtime Media, this is Jay Kokorowski. Big thanks to Abby Schnabel from the Wisconsin State Journal to join us. And for those that don't know, Ben Wargel, our men's basketball beat writer, will be down at the Kohl Center later this evening when Wisconsin takes on Whitewater again, 6 p.m. tip-off on BTM Plus at the Kohl Center in Madison, Wisconsin. Let's turn our attention to football, right? Wisconsin, number nine, Iowa. For those that don't know, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff tomorrow, Saturday, October 30th. That's on ESPN. For those that are watching via TV or streaming, for those that are listening, you can listen to the Badger Sports Radio Network. Matt LaPay, Mike Lucas, Mark Tosher, Patrick Herb, all there. Also ESPN Radio for those that uh, can't get that or want to listen on a national scale there. Uh, Going to give you quick three keys as before we let you go from this show. Uh, first key, and this is going to be kind of a preview to what we have uh, for our pre-snap read, which is released every game day morning really early. It gives you three keys to the game that I have for Wisconsin, and let's kick it off right off the bat. First read, or my first key to the game, protect the ball for Wisconsin, uh, and also create turnovers for that matter. This is going to be a game that it will be won not just in the trenches, if you will, per se, with you know the line of scrimmage with Wisconsin. It's uh, you're looking at Wisconsin liking to run the ball. Iowa likes running the ball, etc. Both defenses are tough uh, against the run. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but the key difference between these two teams right now, why Iowa has a six and one record and Wisconsin's th- four and three, is the simple fact that Iowa is one of the best in the nation in turnover margin. They have plus 12 right now, 21 takeaways uh, received or created, and they've also lost nine. And so for Wisconsin, it's going to be, you're looking at this, Iowa has picked off 16 passes this year for interceptions. Uh, Riley Moss won't be there for, for the Hawkeyes, the standout cornerback. He leads the team in interceptions, and he has a couple that were returned for touchdowns previously this year, but uh, he was hurt during the Penn State game. Uh, and has not returned yet. So that may help Wisconsin, but they still have pretty much a veteran-laden secondary for Iowa, and that will be, again, if Wisconsin can't run the ball, they'll be forced to pass, and if that happens, Graham Mertz, the offensive line has to protect Graham Mertz for that matter, and then Mertz, when he's throwing, has to make sure that he goes through his reads and uh, not make errant throws. So that will be a key to watch there for Wisconsin, you saw the takeaways against Purdue. They had five. They had a, they were plus three in the turnover margin. They had two fumbles that were lost, uh, one via Mertz, one via Braylon Allen. But they created, again, five takeaways. Only scored 13 points off of those takeaways. That's something that to watch on Saturday, too. But uh, this is going to be a game that whoever wins the turnover battle likely comes away with a W and moving on with, you know, keeping their big 10 hopes alive within their control, if you will. So second read for Wisconsin. I mean, again, Iowa likes to run the ball. Matt Hankson called, said they were run first past second team. They have to stop Iowa's run game. And last year you saw Tyler Goodson go off for an 80 yard touchdown run that, which kind of was a nail in the coffin. If you will, he went over hundred yards, 11 carries 106 for yardage and that big touchdown, but it was greatly aided by that 80-yard run in the fourth quarter. Wisconsin needs to make sure that they clamp down. They're one of the best in the nation doing it. They lead the nation 53.3 yards per game, per outing in 2021. They have, uh, you know, again, that's big for Wisconsin. They've given up, for that matter, just under two yards per carry, and that's going to be something for Wisconsin to, you know, again, I- Iowa is not great at running the ball this year. They're third 
or they're 100, 103rd in the FBS against, uh, or, you know, when they're rushing the ball. So they're only averaging 3.1 yards per carry. Wisconsin should be able to contain this running game, even with an All-American center like Tyler Linderbaum and a good back in Tyler Goodson. Goodson's the main back for Iowa. You're going to have to watch out for what he can do. Almost 600 yards rushing at the moment, uh, 4.3 yards per carry, five touchdowns. But again, uh, Wisconsin is built to stop the run. That's what they do first. If they do that, then they can pin, pin their ears back in passing situations. Nick Herbig, Leo Chanel, Jack Sanborn, Noah Burks, uh, and even that defensive line where they're able to penetrate more, where you have Matt Henningsen, Keanu Benton. It's going qu- to be quite the matchup going forward on Saturday. So third key, get that ball game, you know, get that ground game rolling. Uh, Wisconsin, Iowa's going to be a tall task, right? It's a physical matchup. And Iowa gives up 89.7 yards per game on the ground. That is good for uh, tight. You know, that's good for seventh in the FBS points per game. They only give up 14.6. That's tied for third uh, earlier. That was said earlier this week. Wisconsin will. This is going to be a low-scoring, grinding affair. And Wisconsin will need to get that ball rolling. You've seen them average about 293 yards per game in the last three contests. All wins. That was what, 391 against Illinois, 198 against Army, and then you had 290 uh, against Purdue last week. So uh, in my eyes, Wisconsin, this is going to be the bread and butter. Uh, it's what's been the bread and butter for a while, for, for, for the past couple decades, uh, and establishing up the power running game. I think you'll see that, uh, and I think Wisconsin, uh, they, obviously they've done a good job of that the past three games. Uh, in, three of the, or in five of the seven games, they've, they've rushed the ball well, the, the other two against Michigan and Notre Dame, they didn't. So in, in my eyes, uh, establish that ground game. Ches Malusi, Braylon Allen have already com- combined for over 1,100 yards. They're averaging almost 60 yards a carry uh, between them all together, and they, they've combined for nine touchdowns on the ground so far this year. So uh, those are my three keys. I think game prediction, I said this on our YouTube channel, 14-10 Wisconsin. It's going to be a grinding affair. It's not going to be – a pretty affair. If turnovers turn the, for the worse for Wisconsin, that's when I think Iowa can take the Heartland Trophy once again. But for me, uh, I think Wisconsin, you're starting to see some good things with Wisconsin's defense creating takeaways. You're seeing them obviously continue being the strength of the team and just stopping opposing offenses. I don't think Iowa's offense is impressive. And if they can't turn over the ball over again against Purdue, when they lost 24 to seven, the Hawkeyes only created one turnover and then Purdue just dominated the rest of the way uh, in a 24 seven win. Wisconsin, I think, can do something similar. But again, if the offense or special teams create miscues or allow Iowa to have sudden change opportunities, Iowa has scored 68 points off of turnovers so far this season. And so that's going to be a key for Wisconsin to contain, limit, mitigate that risk and, you know, win, uh, you know, keep it uh, as much as, you know, kind of a staple of Wisconsin football of what it's been for years where, you know, mistake-free football, not a lot of turnovers, power running game, strong defense uh, to win games. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you again for Abby Schnabel from the Wisconsin State Journal for joining us on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google wherever Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, that's where you can find the badgerblitz.com podcast. On top of that, you can go to, uh, for Badger Blitz, uh, go to Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com, Twitter at badger underscore blitz. For me, it's at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O. And then 
please subscribe to our YouTube channel too. That's going to be our new venture. We've been putting a lot of effort into that where we have a lot of fun uh, talking and doing game previews, beat writer Q and A's recruiting spotlights. We have some recruits on there. Uh, we'll have one um, coming up later uh, next week and whatnot. So please subscribe there. Hit the thumbs up button as we love that. Please give us reviews here on this podcast, too, whether it's Apple, Spotify, uh, etc. too. So I'll stop talking. Y'all have a great week. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Be warm. We'll talk to you soon on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.